0: Welcome to Street Smart Business Leaders Powered by Clout. I'm Ishaan Ellis, CEO of Clout, a national public relations and marketing communications firm headquartered in Chicago. Our agency is dedicated to uncovering insights and cultural trends to help business leaders better understand today's consumer. We also invite some of the best minds in business to come on our show to share their insight and experiences. So if you're interested in becoming a guest on our show, stick around to the end of this podcast and I'll tell you how to become
1: one.
0: Well, good afternoon. Uh, this is a, another episode of uh, Street Smart powered by Cloud. Uh, I'm excited uh, to have a conversation with a very special guest with us today, uh, Sarah Taylor, who is the founder and CEO of Deep Sea Consulting. How are you?
1: I'm doing fabulous today. Thank you so much. How are thanks. you today?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. And so absolutely. Let, so Deep
1: Sea Consulting, so, so tell me a little bit about that. What is it? Absolutely. Deep Sea is a company that now, if, well, let me start with, 20 years. We're celebrating our 20th anniversary wow, this year. Is fantastic. that not fabulous?
0: That is fantastic. Huge accomplishment. <laughs> yes.
1: And uh, we are an organization that um, does DEI work. So diversity, equity, and inclusion work. So that's everything from uh, needs assessments and strategies to training and coaching and consulting. The full gamut of of diversity, equity, and inclusion work, uh, we always say, except for the compliance. <laughs> we don't do that stuff, but all of the other. And I have to share with you, too, our mission. It's because it's a wonderful mission. It's, no, to please do. The world. it's to change the world through the workplace. And we do that by uh, developing and transforming uh, organizations and the individuals within them. Wow. So how did you get on that
0: journey? So tell me about that. So was this a, a long time passion or, or you kind of found your way to this space? So, so tell me about your start.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, you wouldn't think that difference <laughs> would be a part of my background. What your listeners can't see is that I'm a white woman. <laughs> uh, and what they also wouldn't know is that I grew up youngest of 10 on a farm in a teeny tiny community, a thousand people where pretty much everyone went to the same church, everyone looked like me, everyone mm-hmm. shopped at the same grocery store. Really, not a whole lot of difference. <laughs>
0: right.
1: However, I was blessed with well, blessed in many ways with wonderful parents. Mm-hmm. My and my mother, both of them were World War II veterans. Oh wow! Had um, traveled uh, my mom the country and my dad the world. Uh, and so they brought the world to our tiny little farmhouse through exchange students and folks that would come and work with us on the farm from different parts of the world um, and live with us in the tiny little farmhouse. Why they came into such a tiny little farmhouse, I don't know, but it was a, <laughs> it was wonderful for me. So it's always been a part of, of my... Um, world to be experiencing and trying to understand differences uh and so really all of my career that is what i have done i and let me let me say one other piece though Mm -hmm. too um after college i joined the peace corps and by that time i had already you know studied abroad and Uh and but Uh, Lived for four years in the Dominican Republic and being, you know,
0: I did read that. That's fascinating. Wow. Wow.
1: Yes. And so thankful for that time. And obviously what it brought for me on a professional level, but also that is where I met my husband, Mm -hmm. father of my children (laughs) so he, he is from the Dominican Republic and we actually mm-hmm. worked together. Uh, oh,
0: wow. Okay. there.
1: So um, that really, you know, just trying to figure out that operating across difference and trying to figure out my place in a white body mm-hmm. at, and uh, as a woman, both doing this work Helping others to do this work and hanging on to the accountability that I have, particularly mm-hmm. as a white person mm-hmm. um, in, in this space. Sure. Uh, so that's probably a much longer answer than you were looking for. No, that's for. Fa- that, no,
0: that's fantastic. And it, it serves up my next question. As you know, the role of D E and I um, diversity officers within companies, in my opinion, has evolved a little bit. Do you do
1: you mm-hmm. agree? Like how has that, that role um, evolved, in your opinion? Well, you know, you're asking somebody that's been doing this for uh, over 30 years. So since then, mm-hmm. <laughs> the first evolution actually was these folks have to report to the CEO or whoever that kind of person mm-hmm. is in your organization. I
0: agree. I agree.
1: Uh, and that, I would say, was way back, maybe, you know, 20 years ago. Um, but more recently, I would say that the the role has evolved um, in that those folks are a little bit more actually at the table versus. I agree. Yeah. Versus just kind of honestly a token or okay because because uh, this to get on this list. Uh, to say that we do diversity and inclusion, we got to have them report here so yep. that we will kind of a check the box kind of a yep. thing.
0: Big time.
1: So I think it is a little bit more sincere. Mm-hmm. And yet there, there are so many different organizations that aren't even at that level.
0: Which blows my mind that it's 2022 and you still have. Hey, we're we're thinking about creating a DEI role. Are are you kidding me right now? Yeah, so uh,
1: and no, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Actually, that's that's a step farther than many. Mm. Many organizations are just saying we're thinking about doing DEI, (laughs) and we formed a committee.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, very true. The other thing I see is that there's still the thinking behind the role that it's an HR role. Yeah. And it, you and I both know just having, you know, worked with folks in the space and worked with people like you, it is so much more than an HR role. Yeah. Um, and it is I, I would sometimes argue the first line of defense if there's a crisis, you know, it, there's a community trust that you know most times the the DEI person controls those relationships with community leaders, Absolutely. church pastors, and that kind of thing. So it's a it's a much more involved role than than it, it tends to get credit for. So I, I wanted to get Absolutely. your take on that. Yeah, for Absolutely.
1: sure. Absolutely. And you know we see in a number of different ways. We mm-hmm. see both research that folks when organizations think. Uh, DEI what they think right away is hiring yep and again that's one small piece well Mm -hmm. it's big for organizations right yep but it is one piece only of Mm -hmm. many pieces absolutely We know that that most organizations think just very narrowly to hiring Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and you know other talent management kinds of things We also know anecdotally when we're doing focus groups in organizations and we say, okay, well, you know, you know the organization. What do you think the organization should do? And almost always everyone starts with recruitment. Well, there you go. There it is again. That's just (laughs) HR and there's so much more. And the other thing that we find is lots of times recruitment isn't the problem. The reason why folks don't have, why organizations don't have diversity is because Folks are recruited and they apply. Retention, yeah. But, well, they're not hired by hiring managers.
0: True. Well, they, yeah, they don't even get in the door. And then you're if right. they
1: are hired, uh, I, we have a client that has a great fa- phrase uh, that says, you know, we hire for diversity, but we onboard for conformity. <laughs> <laughs> and so then what you end up with, like you're <laughs> saying, is that lack of retention, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You might get folks past those hiring managers and actually hired. But then, do they stay? Right. Yeah. And, and and then again, those are those are can be associated with HR. But there's so much more. What about supplier diversity? What about leadership accountability? Yes. What about absolutely. all of the external? What about your internal communications? All of that goes beyond HR. And having said that, I do have to, because I get my my HR friends always ding me and say, come on, Sarah, you know that I'm decent and I can do this. There are some organizations where it fits. There are some organizations. And honestly, because of how the organization is structured, or maybe it's too small, Mm -hmm. or because that HR person is so wonderful, honestly, (laughs) that it can work. But the main thing I think that you're saying is we got to start thinking about it differently and go beyond thinking of just HR related um, tasks.
0: Absolutely. And the leader, and it only, my two cents on it, and again, having a communications background, it only works if the leadership uh, believes in it. Um, And also the mid-level managers implement it, but it has to start from the top down. If they believe it's just an HR role, that's what is going to be. Um, they won't think about uh, office culture, supply chain, everything that you're talking about that makes an organization strong. Um, I say to, to folks all the time, the, the power of diversity is, think about you have eight people sitting around a table from different backgrounds, all trying to solve the same business issue. Think about the power of of, of thought the power of diversity in that moment trying to solve it we're all bringing our different backgrounds to the table and that's what that role should be and again i'm preaching to the choir but that's a yeah. that it's a topic that i i, I believe in you know
1: yep. absolutely absolutely and if if you also think about it purely from a financial perspective yes you've got those eight people you'd want a hundred percent of the resources that each one of them can bring.
0: Very true. Very true.
1: And if you purely think about it from that perspective, and you're not allowing all of those resources to come to play, then you're missing out. Another way to think about it, even just, just, very simple high level resource perspective mm-hmm. we sometimes will ask folks very very simple calculation what's your payroll okay let's say your payroll is we'll just we'll just say an easy easy number okay and, right. and a small number right we'll just say it's it's 10 million just to have an easy number okay sure sure 10 million dollars for your payroll well now how much time just a percentage of time do you think Folks are distracted from doing their work because of differences that they're interacting across.
0: Yeah, very true.
1: Now, how much do you think that folks aren't contributing because they don't feel included? Let's add that percent. And if you're conservative of only a small percentage of time, but actually when we ask leaders, they end up lots of times, they're like, oh, we're probably talking like 25% of the time now.
0: Oh, man. So
1: right there, that's a good chunk of change Mm -hmm. that you're talking about. And again, that's purely looking at it from the financial perspective and, and not even considering what we're talking about with people are bringing their souls to work.
0: Absolutely. I believe it 100%. And,
1: and we need to be caretakers of that in the workplace.
0: And now we're moving to this sort of hybrid of in-office uh, virtual. So creating a culture virtually will be a new challenge for many leaders. You know, I struggle with it with our own agency of, of maintaining strong culture when I had folks who live in New York or in California and, and, and trying to create that. Um, how do you see, well, I, I, different way of answer the, asking the question, what's um, the challenging thing that you see in your space right now when it comes to DE&I as far as implementation uh, within companies? How has the last couple of years, you know, we had a crazy 2020 election year, we had you know, the summer of 2020 and and last year. And, and so the, you know, DE&I is like the new buzzword, you know, that we, we, it's, it's the new, it's the the sexy word that people throw around, but what's been challenging, I guess, what's been rewarding for you to you in the space?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, First of all, the challenge is you talk about, particularly after George Floyd's murder, we saw you know huge uptick in, in organizations mm-hmm. wanting to do this work. Yep. Um, now that has started to decline. Yep. Um, nonetheless, there are all kinds of estimates that say this field is going to continue to grow. Well, the, one of the biggest challenges I think is that we are a very young practice. And we don't have a cadre of folks out there. Mm-hmm. We don't have, a, a, you know, cadre of folks right now. Plus, we don't have a pipeline of folks that we're developing. We don't have the equivalent, like the medical profession has of medical schools.
0: Yeah, that's that the a good law point. Profession
1: has of law schools. So then, what ends up happening? Organizations go to, like I mentioned earlier. Well, we'll start a committee. So you get the folks that, and I always liken it to, would an organization ever say, oh, our finances and our financial processes are so important and we want to do an overhaul"? So let's grab all of the people, volunteers from the organization that like to balance their checks, checkbooks, and let's have them decide about all of our financial processes. Never. Never. Yet That's what we do over and over again with DEI.
0: I yeah, never thought interested. about it that way. That's crazy. Who's when you, when you interested you think in being about about on the DDI way?
1: committee? And you get volunteers that have all kinds of will, but no skill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they Very set true. something up that is not aligned to any kind of best practice.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the affinity groups that you're talking about. So it's the, the Hispanic Employee Network, the Women's Network, and they set all of those up at and turn, the same time with no power, no, no skill in, in the navigating. You're right. Yes. You're right. You're right. You're you know,
1: I have to follow that up with, because I w- I always want to, uh, you know, follow up the negative with the, the positive. positive. You also yeah. a- mm-hmm. ask the rewarding. Um, I think that's the rewarding piece for us is that we can shape that right now. What truly is best practice? What are the standards for our field? What are the standards for a practitioner
0: mm-hmm. and
1: coming together to do that and in fact I'll do a little plug for if folks know ASTM is an organization that sets standards okay um for anything across the board across industries and ASTM is is currently setting standards for DEI so how fabulous is that yeah um And uh, I happen to be involved in that committee. So if anyone is is wanting to be involved in setting the standards for our practice and for practitioners, connect with me and we'll get you on that committee to get your voice heard, to make sure that we have the most robust uh, and validated standards for our field.
0: I love it. Love it. Last question for you. So what would you say to the CEOs that, that are listening? Um, and they all may be in different stages. Is there like a, a common thing they should be thinking about as far as this, the, the, the role of DE&I uh, in, their, in their organizations? What would you say to them?
1: Well, I'd first give them that story, uh, that analogy <laughs> of the finances, let, mm-hmm. just like they wouldn't, if they truly are committed to DEI, just like they're committed to their financial processes. They need to get someone that knows what they're doing. The other piece is, while they're delegating that, mm-hmm. they can't delegate their own development. Ooh, they need very to good point. Know they need to know where, what stage of development they're in sure. as far as their ability to see how their unconscious is driving their decisions and their actions. They need to know how that's driving the decisions they're making for DEI in their in their organization. So delegate the work of DEI to folks that know what they're doing, but don't yeah. delegate your development. You've got to do that and you've got to model that for the rest of your leadership team
0: that's fantastic great advice hey uh sarah taylor deep sea consulting thank you so much for joining us today and uh, there were some really uh good pieces of advice and uh uh again hope to talk to you again soon take care
1: absolutely thank you for having me it was definitely my pleasure
0: thank you so much for listening to street smart business leaders powered by cloud now if you know someone who'll be a great guest for the show Please send them my way or have them go to cloutllc.com slash podcast slash apply, and we'll take a look. If you got something great out of today's show, please let me know what you thought. Also, share it on social media, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast itself. And again, the whole goal behind the podcast is to share experiences and insights so we can all develop and grow. So until next time, make every day your masterpiece. Take care. <laughs>